And I would love to challenge people with just like, tell me what you're thinking and I can, I can talk to you about it. You know, I can give you a solution because it's all about creating solutions, not handling, not overcoming objections, but it's about creating solutions. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. I'm your host. My name is Aaron LeBauer. Uh, today, my special guest is Delisa Fritz, and Delisa is our brand new, well, she's like nine weeks into being one of my rock star executive assistant and uh, client care specialist and all these other amazing things. Um, and Delisa is coming on the show today because she has a unique background in sales and retail, and she's helped me change some really important things in the business and update them because she's got this eye from other parts of the world of business and marketing and was recently in a uh, role with Smile Direct Club, uh, which is uh, a dental sales, and we're going to get into talking about that with her. So, Delisa, welcome to the show, and thank you for being such an amazing addition to our team. Hi, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, uh, Delisa, let's talk about um, like where where you came from. So, <laughs> like you <laughs> showed up all of a sudden, but. So tell us a little bit about um, when you were in college, you went into um, retail or like you were probably working in retail at that point. Can you just kind of share a little bit about, you know, what you like your journey, what you've done? I mean, you're also doing yeah. Ayurveda health coaching, I think, or something like that. Right? Yeah, all the fun things. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah so I went to UNCG, uh, University of North Carolina at Greensboro, which is right around the block here. Yeah. Um, and I have a degree in, uh, it's a business degree from the Bryan School of Business there. It's in retail and consumer studies. Um, so it's, it's very retail based, uh, but it's also a ton about just consumerism, just about mm. how to understand the psychology behind why people buy what they buy, when they buy it, how they buy it. Uh, and it always has fascinated me to understand um, the way that people think in, in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I went into retail. I've been working in retail since I was 17. Um, I've always loved fashion as a form of, you know, art expression, but also I love talking to people. I love sales. I love um, making those connections, creating those relationships. It's always been something that is that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Um, so I went into retail. I worked at a slew of different retail stores um, in the retail world. We always say, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunities, but a very small knit tribe that actually sticks in retail. You're either a retail person or you're not. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked for brands like um, Express, uh, Nordstrom. I did my internship with them. Um, I worked for Ann Taylor. I worked for, um, gosh, who else? Uh, yeah, a, a lot of different retailers. Uh, most recently, Lucky Brand, um, Altered State. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've uh, over a decade experience in retail management. Um, I've been a store manager, area manager, district manager, training manager, nice. <laughs> all the things that you can think of. Um, and, you know, I really found that my passion there was just 
um, communicating with people, talking to people, sharing stories, creating relationships, and making people, you know, be the best that they can be, whether it's my team, my internal uh, customer or my external customer, which is clients, patients, whoever. That's awesome. Did I tell you I worked at Urban Outfitters? Oh my God. I love that. I love Urban Outfitters. That's, so, that's hilarious. I got really good at uh, folding random clothes because that's all they have. Like, <laughs> random seeming and air quotes clothes. Yeah. And I was like just stationed in the, uh, in the, um, in the dressing room or the, you know, and people would come in and hand me like 50 things. And this is in downtown San Francisco. And be like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> like, I didn't, I'm not getting paid to, you know, well, that's not what I was, you know, <laughs> clean up someone's mess. That is right. the downside of like, retail. Here you go. Here's to... 500 things. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's not the glamorous part of it. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> and so you did that and you were, um, like a, you just said you were regional manager or district manager for like Boho Blue, which is a local company. Yeah. Right? I was with Boho Blue for about three years. I was their district manager. I helped them open stores. Um, yeah, higher teams. I was over all the management team of uh, the stores and yeah, it was really fun. I, I loved working for a, a local um, business. It was really What awesome. was the craziest thing <laughs> that you saw working in retail? Like what was the, oh what was the thing that you were just like, oh my God, like I can't like, like whether it's a, a customer or, you know, trying to return something right. Uh, that yeah. they clearly wore and threw up on or yeah, something that <laughs> happened, you know, like what, what are some of those things that you, yeah. you saw? I know you had to. Oh my gosh. I always told people I could write a book about retail, you know, like there's so many stories to, to be told, but, um, I think one of the funniest stories that I have is when I worked at Ann Taylor, I worked at um, the Mevin outlets. Uh, mm -hmm. So outlet world is high volume. There's lots of customers in and out. Um, people are, you know, taking hundreds of things into the fitting room. It's a lot. It's, it's very busy, um, which I loved it for that reason, but uh, sometimes a little overwhelming. So uh, there was this uh, lady that was in the store shopping with her child and he was this cute little boy, probably like, four years old or something. And it was almost closing time. And we were, you know, doing what you love, folding those tables down, you know, like folding all that apparel that's endless in the outlet store. And, um, I walked by and I was just like, Hey, are you finding everything? Okay. You know, just want to make sure you make it to your fitting room. She's like, no, I'm good. And I glanced down at her son and I keep walking and then I kind of double take. And I realized that there is poop on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right beside this little boy. And I was like, there's not a dog in here. Like, why is there poop? That's poop. That is poop on the floor. And sure enough, the little boy had pooped in it, like rolled out of his shorts and there's just poop on the floor. And so uh, the lady noticed it. <laughs> it was really like an embarrassing moment for me, but she was just like as cool as a cucumber. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Do you have something I can clean this up? She offered to clean it up. She's like, that's great. So we got her some stuff. She went out, she threw it outside, away outside, and she came back in and bought things. She yeah. finished her shopping. And I thought that was just the, I was like, I wish I had a book to write because that would be my leading story. She's like, like, happens all the time. She's like, not a big deal, you know. It's not going <laughs> to stop me shopping. Like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, at least he, he wasn't like, he didn't do the stop, drop, roll, and scream. Right. Yeah. No, he was just hanging out like it was no big deal. And yeah, it was yeah that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, so you were doing retail and then you moved into like basically dental sales. So Smile Direct Club. Can you explain a little bit about what Smile Direct Club is? Because yeah. I, I wasn't familiar with the, the brand and maybe some people here aren't. 
Yeah. Um, it is, it's kind of like a hidden gem. I think, uh, when I first started working for the brand, I was recruited off of LinkedIn. I had no idea what it was. I'd never heard of it. Um, so small direct club is, is kind of, um, a dental boutique is kind of what they call it. Um, a lot of people have, uh, white coat syndrome where they don't like to go to the dentist. It's not their favorite thing. I don't know about you, Aaron, but it's probably not your favorite thing in the world, gives right? Me anxiety every time I go. Sure. So um, a lot of people have anxiety around it and, and they want straight teeth. So it's, it's mainly um, orthodontics, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's called teledentistry is what they called it. A lot of people want a straight smile, but they don't want to go to the dentist and hear all these drills and, and, you know, the dentist, you know, make them scared and, and, bring all this anxiety out. And then, you know, the cost for braces is, you know, anywhere from five, 8,000 up, you know, Invisalign can be even, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollars, you know, it can be very expensive. So it's not accessible for everyone. And it's also kind of terrifying. So, um, small direct club, what they do is they, um, create this, kind of like a boutique environment. So they hire retail managers. That's mm -hmm. how I was hired on. Um, to, to go and, and run a team. I had a team of dental assistants. So they're all board certified dental assistants there. Um, and what we would do is we would just, you know, welcome people in just like you do at a, a dentist office or a doctor's office. But um, we made the environment just more inviting. Uh, we had really cute Ikea furniture and we had like a great TV. We offered them a bottle of water. Um, and we just, we're just like humans with them. You know, it was very, it was very much like, um, like sales, like, how's your day going? Oh, is this your, is this your son? What's his name? Do you have, do you have any pets? What do you do for fun? Like we talk to them like humans instead of, you know, like the doctor right. and, uh, and we just made them feel comfortable. And then, um, yeah, so that's kind of like the big thing of what small direct club does. And it's also, um, about 60% less than your average cost of braces or Invisalign. So it's a very similar product to Invisalign. Uh, it's a clear, it's clear aligner therapy, um, but they do it all teledentistry. So you're assigned an orthodontist um, via the internet. So, um, so it's, it's a lot less, it's, it's more cost efficient. Right. So they can, they can sell these for a much more affordable rate. And so it just makes it more accessible for people who wouldn't be able to afford it to get the smile that they love. Mm -hmm. so. so basically it's like, if I want like straight teeth or I've been thinking about uh, getting braces um, or I need braces or whatever, I want Invisalign, but I don't like the dentist. And this is probably, is it like we roll to the mall or a shopping center and they have like the boutique store It's yeah. where people are rather than on like dental hill hidden somewhere. Correct. Yeah. It's a, typically we were in like shared co-work spaces with like salons mm -hmm. or, you know, wax technicians. So it's kind of like your beauty one-stop shop kind of deal yeah. um, where you would go into a place that feels very like, Oh, I'm treating myself today, you know, more like a spa environment. Um, and then we did have some standalone stores as well, but they were more in a shopping center, like you yeah. said. Yes. And then, the like orthodontist will uh, so well some a patient or a person would come in and you guys would what like like assess them mm -hmm. and then they'd have a meeting via like a telehealth uh portal with the orthodontist and then they get fitted is that 
Kind of yeah, thing. somewhat. So we would uh, go through the appointment with them and my dental assistants who are certified to use, uh, we use the Itero scanner, the Itero mm -hmm. element. Um, and so we would walk them through the appointment. We would talk to them about the product and, um, you know, get their information, obviously all of the, um, you know, the HIPAA stuff, all the, mm -hmm. all the stuff that we need to have. Um, and then we would do their scan, take some photos and we'd upload all of that to this magical place where the orthodontist assigned to their case would view it, be okay. able to create their plan. And then within 72 hours, they would be emailed their plan and uh, it would have like a 3d image of, you know, how their teeth would shift, however many months mm -hmm. it would take, um, which on average was about six to eight months. Yeah. Um, so much less than braces as well. Um, and then, you know, in about a month, they would get their box at their door with their aligners. Wow. So it's really like, there's no face to face with the actual dentist or orthodontist. Mm -hmm. um, it's all, it's all done, you know, just by, by everything being uploaded. And then, you know, my, the dental assistant does all the work. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, just for reference for people, like mm -hmm. what was, is, is there one price at small direct club or is it like just a variation based on how long you need it? And what was kind of, what was the price range versus like, you know, what, what was the other alternative? Like what's yeah. the other alternative? Like how much are we talking? You know, is it thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, so there is one set price mm -hmm. um, because we, we specialize in mild to moderate spacing and crowding. So it's like, if you have an extreme case where there's like, a bite issue or something that is uh, a little more intricate than what we can actually, you know, they could actually fix for you. Right. Um, then, then, you know, that would obviously cost more and they would just kind of say that you weren't qualified for them. Mm. Um, but overall, you know, it's one price. Um, 1895 was the going rate uh, for the, for the pay in full price when I was there, which was now, you know, about six months ago. Um, and then we also had a monthly payment plan, which was, mm um, $250 down, uh, at the time to get the aligners into production. And then it was $85 a month, uh, for 24 months. Okay. So that came out to be about $2,500. Um, so in comparison, uh, you know, depending on the severity of your case, if you have a pretty mild case, yeah, your orthodontist could slap some braces on you for maybe three, $4,000. Um, and you would have to go back to the orthodontist every month um mm -hmm. to get that tightening you know just to, to check in and everything and with with smile direct club you wouldn't have to physically go anywhere you didn't have to ask off work you didn't have your you know mom didn't have to come pick you up and go to the orthodontist or whatever mm -hmm. um and and but most of our cases that we saw it would probably cost them anywhere from eight thousand to ten thousand dollars to go through traditional braces or to get invisalign um, which would be including like getting the um, the extra bumps and things put on your teeth that Invisalign right. snaps onto. Yep. So comparably, it was a great deal. Yeah. So yeah. what I want to know, I mean, this is awesome, but what I want to know is, was price, like, was the price difference between going to a, an orthodontist, like, in person doing braces versus small drug club, is that the main reason that people would come in there? Would they walk in there and be like, I heard this is cheaper, like, this is what I want? Yeah, that was a main driver of traffic for us was the price difference is, is so drastic. Another main driver for us um, was the time commitment because you did your check-ins just like you did your appointment. You just, you know, slap your, you know, your selfie light on your phone and you take photos of your teeth and you send them to your doctor that way. Yeah. And so there was no commitment of having to make an appointment, uh, which people really loved um, in this world of, 
you know, working from home and, and all those things. Um, but another piece to this was a lot of people just don't have orthodontists that are nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people live in counties that they have to drive like an hour to even to go to the closest orthodontist. Um, so along with price being the main driver, um, affordability, it's, it, it was also just the, the time. It was so much more convenient. Yeah. So was it always an easy sale? Oh, no. <laughs> you would think so, right? Like, doesn't it sound perfect and awesome? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't always an easy sale. Um, a, a lot of people asked us to, about insurance. Insurance was mm-hmm. a huge objection for us uh, because we were out of, out of network. Um, and so we always had to kind of um, dodge that question or, you know, really, really it's more about, um, anticipating it before the question happens, mm-hmm. um, and getting people bought into the, uh, to the result right. of then using their insurance. So how would you do that? Like, what was the, what was the process or, or were there specific questions that you were asking or that were being asked on like maybe the application or registration yeah. forms that would help you, uh, kind of handle that objection before it came up? Yeah, totally. Great question. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we did a lot of role playing and tra- I trained my team on how to properly, like, it's really just about the more bought in you get your, we call them customers, but the more bought in you get your patient, um, the more likely they are to say yes, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of things that might hold them back. Um, so in the beginning, we, we focus on, so we used uh, what was called form. So family, occupation, recreation, and motivation. Uh, so we tried to gain all four of these things before we actually got into any of the dental stuff with them. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's like, well, we have to, you know, write down tooth numbers and things like that, that the dentist would have to do. Um, before we did that, we wanted to establish a relationship with our customer to make them feel really comfortable. Um, and so once you find out who their family is, where their family lives, if their family's with them, um, who's supporting them and making this decision. That's a great question um, because that will alleviate that whole, I got to ask my mom or my wife um, later, because if you get them bought into this, well, okay, like you, you have someone supporting you. Do they know you're here? That's amazing. I'm sure that they're so excited for you to get the smell that you want. Um, and then occupation is, you know, just finding out where they work, what they do, what type of person, are they very analytical or are they very emotional? Um, recreation, you know, what do they do for fun? Maybe you can find some middle ground with them, uh, in terms of, you know, like, oh, you like to hike. I love to hike. Have you been on this hike? Let's talk about it. Just being a human with them. And then lastly, their motivation, which is, uh, you know, why, like, what do you want to achieve with this? You know, in six months, if we can wave that magic wand and in six months you have the smile you want, how is that going to make you feel? Like all these things that you were talking about earlier about how, you know, you've got your gap in your teeth and you think about it every school photo and, you know, the kids kind of make fun of you and you don't feel good about yourself. So in six months when you don't have that gap, like what is that going to feel like? You know, so really get them bought into you and, and feeling comfortable with you to open up. And secondly, getting them bought into this idea of when they achieve this result, how will they feel in their emotional body? Um, so then whenever payment options come up in the, at the end of the appointment is when we talk about payment and someone's like, oh, can you use, do you take my insurance or can you use my insurance? Um, 
we can easily say something like, you know, that's a really great question. We don't work directly with insurance companies, but you know, you talked about earlier how this is really going to make you feel, you know, so different in six months. Uh, you've got a wedding coming up in six months and you really, really want this smile for your wedding photos. And that's such a big pivotal moment in your life. Uh, you know, so is insurance make it or break it for you? Like, are you going to let insurance stand in the way of you having the thing that you want so badly? So oh, that's awesome. Can you yeah. say that again? Because <laughs> that's going to be, that's extremely valuable for our audience. And that's what I've been building to sure, <laughs> for this, sure. like this podcast, right? Like, can you yeah. just go through that again? That would so, so great. Yeah, sure. So just the part where about payment options and yeah, they like, start there. Think, like when someone gets to the, Hey, so do you guys take my insurance? Well, you know, that's a really great question and we get that all the time. Unfortunately, we don't work directly with insurance companies, but I know that you talked to me earlier about uh, this wedding that you have coming up and I know that it would be really, you know, memorable for you to have that straight smile for those wedding photos. I know your wife is going to be so excited about your new smile for your wedding. That's going to be a great wedding gift for her. Um, are you really, you know, are you ready for that? You know, I think that's something that is going to be so meaningful to you. Are you going to let that stand in the way? of getting the smile you want. Yeah. Does that awesome. make it or break it for you? Yeah. yeah. Does, it, does, it, does that make it or does the insurance make yeah. it or break it for you? It's kind of yeah. like, uh, you know, is there was another thing that I had in my head at one point where it's like, you know, it's almost like besides insurance, is there any other reason you wouldn't get on board? But that's slightly different than, um, right. is the insurance like, is insurance the uh, deciding factor? Right. Or is there something else, right? right. So it's right. a very similar one. That was really great. I was like, yes, that's yeah. awesome. So if you yeah. are listening to this, you <laughs> should uh, hit the back button, like that that rewind 15 or 30 second button. Hit that, <laughs> do that a couple times and listen to that because that's so valuable. So thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. And really like so many people come in with the mindset of, like a robot, like I go to the dentist, I use my insurance. This is how life has been their entire life. It's how they grew up. That's all they know. That's what they understand. And so when you break that cycle of, okay, this is really about me and not about something I have to do. It's more about like what I want and what I'm mm -hmm. going to feel and the result I'm going to get. And they're making me feel really great about making this decision. I've been waiting too long. And so then it's like, well, why do I think I have to use insurance? Like this is going to be more affordable anyways, or it's going to get me the result I want, right. like in a, in a, you know, more efficient way and quicker as well. So, so why do I feel like I have to use insurance? It gets people thinking, you know? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And then, so after you kind of do that, then what's next? What do people say next? Or what do you say next? Um, well, you know, if some people will be like, yes, absolutely. You know, I only want to use my insurance because my insurance is great and I want to use it. Okay, great. So, you know, we still do work based off reimbursement. So mm -hmm. um, we're going to go ahead and uh, I'm super excited for you to get started today. We're assuming the sale, right? right. I'm excited for you to get started today. Um, and this is how our process works. Um, once you submit your payment to us in full, whenever that is, um, whether you do the, the one-time payment or the monthly payment, um, once you pay us in full, you can, we can send you uh, the ADA claim forms to submit a claim to your insurance and, you know, they can see if they'll reimburse you for any of this. So that's kind of like the technical side of it. That's mm -hmm. like, okay, if you want to go that route, we're still going to get started today because this is what you want. We've talked about this for the past 30 minutes, you know? Um, so we can go ahead and and, and get this going for you. And then, and this is your option with insurance. Um, but a lot of people by that point, we're friends with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like, well, I'd like to use my insurance. But like, 
I guess it's not that important to me. Or like, you're right. My wedding photos aren't more important than worrying about, you know, spending a little less by using insurance. So, okay, great. Well, I'm super excited for you. Let's, let's go ahead and get started today. Like, how are you feeling? You know, so we're congratulating them where, you know, like super, we're showing them that we're excited to, um, because a lot of people will say like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have to use my insurance because if this can get me the result that I want, I think it's worth it. Yeah. It's almost a more powerful realization if we can sure. get people there, right? Absolutely. Can you talk more about assuming the sale? Because you just said that like you and I both know it, but <laughs> people listening maybe <laughs> haven't trained in sales as much as they could have or should, or we have. Yeah. Can you talk sure. about like, what do you mean? Like when you say like assuming the sale, like when we're talking about. Yeah. So I know I, I catch myself all the time. My boyfriend's like, you're talking in retail language. I don't know what you're saying. Like, what does that mean? Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's the sales lingo of assuming the sale. So assuming the sale is pretty much, you know, you're always, your, your eyes on the prize and your eye is always on this end goal of this person is going to purchase from you, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're selling, um, it's going to happen. And so, you know, you're manifesting that, but while you're talking to them, you are, you know, smiling while you talk, you are staying really positive. You're really focused on them. You want it to be more of like a 70, 30, where they talk 70% of the time and you talk 30, you really let them open up, um, be comfortable around you. Um, but in terms of assuming that sale, the verbiage that you're using is always insinuating that they are going to leave your office that day with a, with hopes of a new smile and a goodie bag to go, you know, like they, they're going to say yes. And so instead of saying things like, um, if you sign up with us today, or if you get your aligner started, we say when, or let's go ahead and get this going for you. Mm -hmm. So then it's, you're assuming that they're going to say, yeah. And a lot of times, like if you're smiling and nodding and you're like, yeah, let's go ahead and get you started today. People are like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Uh, so we're not really leaving saying things like if, or if you want to, or we're not leaving that door open for them to be like, Oh wait, no, I don't want to. Cause then they could say no. But if we're saying like, we're going to go ahead and do this because we've talked about all these things and we're super excited for you. Then they're like, okay, I'm going to go with her because I trust her now. Right. And she seems happy about it and I'm happy about it. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think a big part of that pattern I want to point out to everyone is that people have an objection. Mm -hmm. Now Delisa has handled the objection by uh, reminding them of their wants and desires and how we're going to get it. And she re-offers it by saying, so we'll go ahead and get started today. Or when, and when we get started, we'll do this. Are we getting started with that today or sound good? Like you're, you're yeah. reaffirming the uh, sale and the offer. So you're re-offering it when someone's objected. Mm -hmm. Does that sound about right to what you're, you got it. You nailed it. Yeah. Yep. So how many objections did most people have? Like would they, would that be the only one, the insurance or was it, you know, there's also you know, the spouse one or. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Well, the main ones for us and to your point, there were people that had multiple objections. They weren't just like the one-stop shop. They were like, Oh, I have an insurance objection. Once we like knock that out, then they're like, Oh, something else, something else. And they just keep bringing things up. Mm -hmm. Um, so really like the main ones that we heard was insurance was the big one. Um, just because like I said, people are used to paying using their insurance mm -hmm. for medical dental things. Um, 
and spouse objection is huge. Oh, my, my spouse doesn't know I'm here or I have to ask my mom or so, or they're helping me pay for this. So I can't do this yet because I don't know if they want me to spend $2,000 of their money. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a huge one. Um, and you know, and then there's like, you know, your payday objections where it's like, oh, well, I actually don't get paid till next week. Um, I know this is a free appointment, a free TBD, you know, mm -hmm. kind of one of those things. And um, so that was challenging. Those are all the, the challenging things that we faced. Um, but if you focus on your engagement with your patient and if you focus on um, really getting that form, that, you know, family, occupation, recreation, motivation down, then you have some ammunition to work with when we get there, you know, because typically they're not going to give you that objection until you ask for money. Right. And then you have some things to work with where if they're like, well, you know, my, I got to ask my wife. Okay, great. No worries. I totally understand. I know that we talked about your wife earlier and she sounds like a, a lovely woman. And <laughs> you said that she supports you in this decision and she supports you in, you know, getting the smile that you want. Um, so, you know, wouldn't you think that she would be so excited for you to go ahead and get started today? It is the easiest way to go ahead and get those aligners into production for you. Um, so it's more about like, <laughs> hey, remember you told me this. Don't forget. Right. We've already talked about this because we're friends now. And so, now we can say that's not really an objection, you know, because she wants to support you just like you, you want this goal and she wants to support you in it. She's supportive. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. And <laughs> what if they're like, well, I have to think about it. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one too. Um, yeah. I feel like we I have to think about it is it typically is another objection. Mm -hmm. That's just the service objection. Right. I have to think about it normally means, well, I really need to make sure I know where this money is coming from mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, wait for another paycheck or things like that. So when people would say things like, I have to think about it, I might say like, um, well, what's holding you back? Mm -hmm. Just as easy as that, you know, like, like, and, and silence is okay. Get comfortable with silence because they always told us when I was there, they said the first one to talk loses. So don't over talk <laughs> it, you know, don't like talk yourself out of the sale. Right. Um, so if they're like, I gotta think about this. I'm like, okay, great. What's, well, what's holding you back? It's kind of like, you got 30 minutes with me. I'm not going to see you again. So ask me questions. Like what you got for me. Yeah. And I would love to challenge people with just like, tell me what you're thinking and I can, I can talk to you about it. You know, I can give you a solution because it's all about creating solutions, not handling, not overcoming objections, but it's about creating solutions. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you ever get to the point where you like, you knew something wasn't, they, they were like, they pretty much had two feet out the door and they were pretty much ready to go. And you would just like press them a little harder with some questions. And yeah. you told me this. So what's changed in the last, I mean, did you ever get to the point where, you know, you were, Kind of almost i wouldn't say being not being mean but like pushy or almost calling people out on like yeah. you told me this but now you're telling me that help me understand yeah sure i mean you know it gets a little uncomfortable but that's like a lot of times how you save sales that's a lot yeah. of times how it happens and i think that if you think in terms of you know some people need that extra push because here's the thing if if they have maybe put this off for a decade or, mm -hmm. I mean, we saw a lot of people that were like, you know, uh, empty nesters and they were like, I got my kids braces. I never could afford them myself. And now I finally have, you know, the time and money to, to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. And then if they are giving me these objections, like, well, I got to think about it or whatever. Um, and, and so sometimes it's kind of like, 
well, hang on a second. Like, this is all about you now. Like, treat yourself. Like, this is what you wanted. We talked mm-hmm. about this. This is the easiest way to get the result that you want. And we're here for you right now. Ask me questions. Like, if you have things that you're concerned about, I'm here. Because when you go home, I'm not going to be there. Like, right. you got to talk to me about this now. Um, so, sometimes you can typically tell with your customer or patient if they are okay with a little bit more of a nudge. Mm-hmm. And, and signs of that are like, if they're like done and, and they're like, okay, if I know like, okay, Delisa, if you push a little bit more, they might leave you a bad review or right. they're going to, they're going to leave feeling not great. They're going to leave feel feeling like you're a sleazy car salesman. And right. I didn't ever want that, you know? So, um, if I knew that was the case and maybe those body language signs are like, they've like gotten up and they're like, he- like they're walking towards the door or they're on their phone or they just have this look about them. And then, okay, then a no's a no we've pushed enough and that's mm-hmm. okay. So let's set you up for success. When you leave, let me give you some information on how you can get back in contact right. with us to get signed up after you leave. That's fine. Right. Um, and you always want your customer and patient feeling great when they leave your office, always, whether they say yes or no, because you never know what, you know, you never know if they're going to go home and sign up and you also never know what kind of referral they'll be for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. because they could be a really great referral or they could be a not so great referral. Like, yeah, I went to that small direct club place and Delisa pressured me and I did not feel good and don't go there. Cause it was like, not cool. I never want people to feel that way. So, um, so yeah, but, but when but you wouldn't work that hard for something you didn't believe in, oh no, right no. thing for them, right? Absolutely. So if I can tell that people are like, you know, oh, I really want this. I just don't know. Or, you know, I really got to think about this. And if I can see that they're still like in their thoughts about it, then, you know, I can maybe, maybe sometimes what we would do is we would transition and I would be like, okay, great. So I'm going to go ahead and get your, you know, like to go care package ready for you. Uh, and I want you to think of some other questions that you have for me while you have me here. Um, so kind of like give them a little bit of homework, but also give them like a breather of like, instead of me just pushing, pushing, pushing. And then, and then once again, before they leave, you know, like, well, let's get started today. You know, what's holding you back? I think this is a, this is a great option for you. And I'm so excited for you. Like, let's do it. Um, just reassuring them. But, you know, you have to read your customer and your patient on whether you can give that extra push. But you're right. I worked too damn hard for for not right. to, to get that sale. Yeah. Right. And you worked on, did you work on like straight commissions or was it like some salary or hourly plus commissions? How did that work? Yeah. So, um, I was, I was salaried, um, cause I was the manager and I was also the district training manager. Yeah. So I traveled a lot for the company. Um, but I did have a commission base that's like, if we met our metrics, whatever our sales mm-hmm. goals were, um, and surpassed them by a certain percentage, we had different tiers of, right. of bonuses. But you um, didn't like, like, eat or not eat based on whether you made a sale. No, right. I didn't. I was just passionate about what I sold. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. I cared about the people that I was impacting. I felt like it was going to make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And did, um, did it, and did it Absolutely. make a difference in your life? I mean, well, it definitely made a difference in my life. Um, I got to meet a lot of different types of people and, and really learn a ton about, about sales and about di- dentistry. I never knew about medical sales, you know, that I, I'd never really stepped into that world before and I really enjoyed it. Um, but we did have a lot of patients, customers come back and, 
and be like, Hey, look at my teeth. They look awesome. Like just stop by the store. Um, we always had really great reviews that people left us on Google. Um, and some people would like post like before and after photos. And so it was so motivating to see those things. That's really awesome. So, um, I want to say there was something else I was going to ask in there, but I think like the next thing I want to ask is because I know that we've taken you like, since you've been working here, you've been through our clinic and been through our sales process. Cause I was like, you know, treat her like you don't know her, <laughs> even <laughs> though you, you, you know, Amber, but is, I would love to know um, from your experience and share with everyone, like what was it about our sales process that you were like worked really well? And is there anything that we talked about today that we should add like for physical therapy? Because you know, like the way we're selling um, our physical therapy services in our clinic are very, um, are very similar. Mm-hmm. Right. In a lot yeah. of ways, but I'm sure there's some differences and I don't even know if we've chatted about it, but I just love yeah. to know your thoughts on like what our, what your experience was going through our clinic mm-hmm. and you know, is there something else we should add or what were the like similarities that you saw? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I had a great experience going through your clinic. Um, I mean, I, I love the whole think like a customer is, is what I've called it in a past life where you go into something at just acting like you don't know anything about it. And right. which I really didn't know anything about physical therapy coming into this company. Um, so it was really great. Um, I saw a lot of similarities um, with your clinic that I saw at Small Direct Club, just in terms of, um, you know, the way I was greeted, uh, the space of your clinic, it felt very warm and inviting, um, very, very clean, but also, you know, very comfortable. It didn't feel like a doctor's office, um, but it also didn't feel like, a, you know, a, a stuffy yoga studio, maybe, you know, it felt really, uh, felt really great coming into it. The lighting was really great. Um, your team there, like Amber and Caitlin, I think the world of them, I think that they're very warm and welcoming souls. Um, they were just amazing. Um, and then Dr. Caitlin, whenever we went in for my TBD, what I really loved about that was that she, um, she took some time to get to know me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously I'd filled out like a, an intake form on what my main concerns were and a little bit of, it does prompt you with those emotional questions. Like Mm -hmm. how would this change your life if you didn't have this pain anymore, which is really, really great things to get people thinking about before they even enter your doors. Um, but she just reiterated all of that. Um, and she really made, she made me feel like that the plan of care she was prescribing to me was very, um, personalized, you know, it was very like, and she even gave it a title of like, Delisa's get back to yoga, uh, <laughs> care package, you know? Right. So I love that. Cause I was like, Oh, that is my goal is like, I just want to be able to do yoga whenever and wherever and feel good and not have to worry about low back pain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really great. Um, I really enjoyed the process, you know, from beginning to end, you guys are doing great. And it's really just all based around customer service and being genuine and, um, and just being open. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And when you went through our, our process, like there's like the kind of like online applications, like the least you got to go through the online application part. Yeah. Right. And then we have like the intake forms and then Caitlin asks you questions, questions like you can see, like, some of those questions we ask you are like difficult questions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it made you, you think. Yeah, you, and it makes you think. Are you guys asking? Were you guys doing similar kinds of questions on your intake forms at Small Direct Club, or was it more in just like the consultation part? Yeah, it's there wasn't really so much an intake form that the that the patient filled out for mm-hmm. us. It was more of just us 
asking them in the chair, you know? Um, but yeah, it's important to get your patient thinking about their pain, thinking about how they don't like it. And it's uncomfortable. And a lot of people would cry. A lot of people would refuse. Like we would say like, Oh, take this mirror and show us, you know, what bothers you most about your smile. And, and they, some people would have a really hard time smiling or they were like, I don't want to look in the mirror. And, you know, it revealed so much of their, um, their real true emotional why and why they're, Mm -hmm. why they're here is because it's so, it's such a vulnerable thing and they're so uncomfortable. Um, so, but getting them to think about it, a lot of our patients too would say like, well, I've, you know, I'd say like, oh, well, how does, how does your smile impact you on a daily basis? Do you think about this daily? And they would say like, well, I've never even thought about that, but I guess I do, you know? Yeah. So getting them thinking more about their issue and how it does come up for them in everyday life and just self-reflection um, is very similar to what you guys do at the PT clinic there. It's like, you know, does this pain keep you from doing things you love? And what do you think you'll be able to do once it's gone? Um, some people maybe don't ever think it's going to be gone. And then they can't even fathom like what it's going to be like. So right. yeah, it's getting you thinking. Yeah. yeah. Is there any question or part of that process that, uh, you thought like maybe we should tweak or refine kind of like, you know, you have with me with like for our podcast guests and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. Is there anything in there that you, you saw mm-hmm. or like, we need to go over this part or refine this? I mean, nothing that really sticks out for me in my head. Um, yeah. Not in particular, honestly. And I know that sounds like I should have something, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're always trying to be better um, and better for our patients. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, there was nothing that really stuck out for me as uh, a question that we could be asking that was any different. I think the questions that you guys ask are really spot on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, one of the, uh, let me ask you this. Did I ever give you, or have you read the Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, I have it. I have the audiobook because I'm an yeah. audiobook girl. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Yeah. The audiobook's great. So if anyone's listening, the audiobook is where it, having the physical book is awesome, but the audiobook is where Jordan Belfort goes through the intonations and like using your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's Wolf of Wall Street. That was the, it's his book on sales, not the book about him snorting cocaine and <laughs> getting in trouble with the like FBI and uh, IRS. Uh, which was the movie, <laughs> um, but it's the uh, way of, it's called the way of the wolf is, mm-hmm. is the book. Um, so Delisa, did you ever have a sleazy car salesman experience? You know, like not oh, at, yeah. not at necessarily at small direct club, but like buying a car or buying something else in your life. Have you ever had that experience? Oh yeah, totally. Um, not necessarily buying a car. My buying a car experience has been pretty, mm-hmm. pretty easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, what was it and what was it like? Like what, what happened? Can you, yeah. So, um, it was when I was in a retail store, I'm not going to say the name of the store mm-hmm. cause I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but, um, it was a retail store. It's a chain. Um, it's still around today, I think. Um, and you know, it was, it was a situation where I, I walked in and they greeted me, which is of course what I love, you know, like talk to me, ask me if, how I'm doing if I'm, you know, they asked me if I'm looking for anything or what can they help me find? And I was like, you know, it's just me and my mom shopping. We're just checking things out. Thank you. We'll let you know if we need anything. Um, and so I like start looking at something and then they're kind of like hovering and they're kind Mm -hmm. of like, well, you know, like, uh, this top is on sale. Like this would be super cute. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not really looking for a top, but thanks. (laughs) And they're like, well, do you want me to start you a fitting room? 
and I'll be like, okay, well, um, I don't really want to try that top on, but okay. Like, I guess me and my mom will just hang out for you, with you for a while. I don't know what you want. And then it was like, you know, by the end of the experience, I felt pressured to go into the fitting room. I didn't even want to try things on. She didn't really ask me, we didn't really, she didn't ask the right questions to get me to where I would actually tell her what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes like we talked about, you need a little bit more of those um, probing questions to get the customer to open up. So if you're just like, are you looking for anything today? And I would be like, no, even if I am looking for a pair of jeans, I might just be like, no, I'm just looking around. Like I'm kind of just feeling things out. But then later on, when I see that they have jeans and I'm trying to look for my size and I can't find it, then I would be like, hey, I actually do need some help with this. Um, But instead it was like, I felt very pressured and pushed to go in there. And, you know, by the end of it, I was just like, I just want to get out of here because I now don't, even if I found something that I loved, I don't want to buy anything now. Cause I just feel like she didn't take the time to actually help me. And it was very much like just buy something. You right. Know? Right. And they didn't find out what you actually wanted and why were you in the yeah. store today? Even. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a sleazy, I actually had a sleazy car sales and car sales experience where I you know, had a, had a Jeep Grand Cherokee, it wasn't really my choice, but I'm lucky that I had, you know, a car. Um, but I was at a point in my life where I was actually earning money. And I was like, well, let me see what it'd be like to actually have a car that I want. And so I rolled up to the used car lot and I'm looking at this five speed Volvo 850 station wagon, which like, or maybe it was six speed. It was dope. I was like, sweet, but I can't really afford this because I'm eating rice and beans and I'm working part-time retail, racing bikes and doing massage. <laughs> but I could probably figure out how to make it happen if I really want well, the guy was like, do you want me to see how much we could trade in your car? And I was like, sure. So here he's like, give me the keys. Let me walk out there. And he walked out there. He comes back and tells me how much. And it was a doable amount. I was going to, I was like, oh, I could do, I could do that. But I'm not really in the market because, you know, I, I got to race my bike. But he wouldn't give me my keys back. He actually wouldn't give me, he held the keys on his side of the desk. I was like, all right, dude, I got to go. I got to go to work. He's like, oh, but blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, he wouldn't actually give me the keys back which is nuts. Like right. I didn't reach across the table and grab my that's keys. Like, crazy. That's crazy. And that's not earning anyone's trust, no. you know, cause it's all about the relationship that you build and the trust that you build. Right. And so if you really want someone to spend money with you, whether it's on a $20 shirt or a thousand dollar car or thousand dollar care, you know, plan of care, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you are gaining their trust and, and respecting them in the way that, humans should respect each other. Um, but if they don't trust you, they're not going to give you their card. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no way. But here, I'm going to play the devil's advocate because I know a lot of people listening are like, but I don't want to sell physical therapy, you know, cause we physical therapy should sell itself or, sure. you know, I don't want to feel like the sleazy car salesman and, and Delisa and Aaron are talking about, you know, pushing people and, and, and asking them probing questions. Like how do people like, what's the difference between, you know, like how do people get into and start learning sales, but they also feel good about doing it at the same time without feeling like they're trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes and yeah. sell them a bridge in Brooklyn or something like that. I love this question. It's one of my favorites because people ask me all the time, like Lisa, why do you like sales? I hate sales. I feel so sleazy doing it. I can't even sell Girl Scout cookies. You know, like I feel bad about it. I don't want to mm-hmm. take people's money. Um, so the key factor here is you have to know your worth 
and you have to know your product's value. And if you believe in your product, whether that is a physical retail thing or whether that is physical therapy that can help someone be pain-free, no matter what it is, if you know the value of it and you're passionate about helping people discover that, whether it's, you know, feeling great in a new outfit or feeling great because they can play with their kids and, and feeling good because of their physical therapist. If you know that worth and if you are passionate about that, then sales will not be sleazy. It will always be genuine because you're already bought into it. I could sell clear aligners at Smile Direct Club because I wore them myself and my teeth, I love my smile now, you know, mm -hmm. my teeth are straight now. And so it's like, I can sell it because it worked for me and I believe in the result and I believe that other people should be able to feel that way too and be their best versions of themselves in whatever way they want, whatever capacity. So if you believe in what you are doing as a physical therapist, then you can sell physical therapy and not feel weird about it because you are impacting people's lives. And it is, it is something that people need and want. You just have to present it to them in the right way. Yeah, that's awesome. What's the, that's really great. Thank you. What's yeah. the best way for people to kind of learn questions or, you know, like, is it uh, just practicing? Is it, you know, reading a book? Is it having a script? I mean, how do we, how do we, you know, like how, how does someone figure this out? Like what are the right questions to ask? Yeah, that's great. Um, it's not as simple as just like reading a book or reading a script. Those things are really valuable. Like knowledge is, is power. Like definitely educate yourself. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street book is really great. Um, his voice is just awesome in the book too. Um, but, but getting that information is important, but what's going to make you, um, comfortable with this and be able to do it effectively is practice. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, we had scripts at Smile Direct Club, um, but they also had an amazing training program where literally me and my, my team of um, dental assistants would role play and practice objections and practice, you know, what we say in appointments and how we say it and our body language. We would practice it daily. We would practice it every day we were at work in between our customers. Um, because there's always something new. There's always a new objection. There's always a challenging customer that we then get to like, you walk away from and be like, okay, let's talk about that. How can we make it better? Something that we implemented at Sondra Club that I would suggest to people trying to learn more about how to be better at sales or just be able to speak um, to people in selling a product is video record yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's super uncomfortable at first. I was like, my voice sounds like that. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> but it is really effective because, you know, and you could just be doing it with like your best friend or your, your husband or your mom or whoever you have, um, just, you know, have that script or what you want to say written down and then practice it with them and then have them real life, like respond to you in what you think your customer might say or an objection and then practice how you speak like on the spot, you know, cause that's something that you have to learn how to do. You have to be confident in it and you have to learn how to do it. And it takes some time. So if you video yourself, you get to hear your voice and the, you know, the tonations and, and the different pitches that you use. You also get to see your body language, which is really effective. If your arms are crossed and you're like, 
do you want to give me $2,000? People are going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. So um, making sure that you have nice open body language, you're smiling, um, all those things. But videoing yourself um, is what we use as a main tool at Small Direct Club. And it really helped us perfect our, you know, our sales script, which it was a script, but we made it our own. We made it genuine. Um, and people never knew it was a script, you know, you couldn't tell because we had practiced it so much and we'd made it into what our version of it was by still saying certain things. Um, but making it our own, um, people never knew it was a script and we felt comfortable with it. That's really awesome. I, and it's super important. Um, I got one, one more question for you. I think one more, um, <laughs> in your short, like what, like eight or nine weeks in the physical therapy industry working with me here yeah. um, at LaBauer Consulting um, in Kick and Ask. What do you see? Are there any patterns that you're already seeing for physical therapy business owners that are keeping them from being even more successful or maybe some things that the ones you've seen who are kicking ass and being really successful are doing? Like, is there any patterns or any things that you can pick out just with your outside? Like, I love this because you've got these outside eyes yeah, um, and you can kind of come and pick some things where I'm just like right in the middle of it. Is there yeah, anything that you've sure. seen any patterns that yeah, would be helpful definitely. to point out? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in the mix of it all the time, you're kind of nose blind to it, so you maybe don't see it as much. But I, I definitely think that there's a huge pattern in, um, you know, knowing your worth and and being able to um, ask certain prices that maybe uh, are much higher than you thought they should be, or um, whatever. Should is not the right word. So maybe it's higher than you have asked before. Right. Um, but knowing that um, that it is the work that you do is very valuable and, um, you know, not a lot of people can do what you guys do. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of that healer mentality where like you guys can touch people where it hurts. You can, you can assess people with your hands. It's very physical and, and it's very hands-on and a lot of people are not in touch like that and they can't do that. And so know that that is valuable and don't be afraid to ask for what it is worth. And also don't shop with your own wallet, you know, like never shop with your own wallet because if you're like, well, you know, this is something that comes naturally to me, I would pay like a hundred dollars a visit for it. Um, most people are not going to think that they're going to be like, oh my God, what he did was amazing and it changed my life. So how much can you put a price on changing someone's life? Like, right. holy cow, you know, so know your worth and, and don't be afraid to, to ask for it because you're deserving. And um, yeah, that's a big thing that I've seen. That's really awesome. Thank you for the insight. That's um, super valuable. And I, I think that, you know, I see that in a lot of people because it stems from, you know, we're not a uh, profession of entrepreneurs or profession of healers and movement specialists who end up getting into uh, business and entrepreneurship. And sure. we've been trained that we're valued at copay, but in reality, what that really means, we have to charge a whole lot more because that's what we're, we're worth a whole lot more and we need more to run businesses and scale them up. So absolutely. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Lisa, before we finish up? Oh man, I don't think so. I really appreciate you having me on the show and sharing some insight. You know, I think that, um, everyone should learn more about sales. Uh, I've always said like everyone needs to work in retail for at least two months of their life. Mm -hmm. Um, because not only do you learn how to keep your closet organized, but you also learn a lot about, um, relationships and, and communication and, um, you know, just sales, but sales gets a bad rep that name. It's more about relationship building. Um, you learn a lot about, uh, how to treat people and, 
and all these great, wonderful things that I feel like in this world are sometimes left behind and uh, they're so important. So, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And if you guys want to uh, learn more about Delisa or find her, actually um, attend some of her sales trainings, she's going to be doing some, uh, dropping some sales trainings and knowledge over in the Cash Beauty Nation Facebook group. So just head to, when you're done watching this, um, I'd love it if you'd uh, share to give us a five-star review, but really just go to Facebook, search Cash Beauty Nation and come and request to join us. And uh, we'll be having Delisa share some of her insights and doing some more trainings. And we already do uh, trainings and um, live trainings in there uh, on a regular basis. I'm getting ready to do one when we're done recording this. So join us in Cash Beauty Nation Facebook group and keep going because 2020 is the year that's going to change you and make you even stronger, even more effective and help you reach even more people. You just have to keep taking every next step. And don't be afraid to ask for the sale and value yourself at the life changing as the, the life changer that you actually are. So thank you for joining us on the Cash BT lunch hour. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.